Hey, what's going on, everyone? We are so glad you're choosing to take time out of your day to listen to our sermons. Our prayer for you is that these messages would not replace your belonging to a local church, but would only be supplemental in your walk with Jesus. With that being said, we love you, and we hope you enjoy the message today. Hey, everyone, welcome to Easter Sunday here at South Valley Community Church. It's going to be a celebration up in here, y'all, because we are celebrating the goodness of God, the love of God, the might, the grace, the power of God. We are celebrating our risen Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, and how he is alive and active even today. And so we hope that this service blesses you. And before we get into the service, we want to make sure that you have some announcements available to you so that you know what's going down here at SVCC. We have all these announcements also available on the Church Center app. So if you haven't downloaded that, make sure that you do. Now, if you are new with us, whether you're in person or online, we would love for you to fill out our Connect card, which can be done online or it can be done in person. The cards are right underneath the seats that are in front of you. Just fill it out, drop it off on your way out into the donation station. And that just allows us as a staff just to connect with you. And we've got some goodies for you as well. So please make sure you do so and we'll make sure to follow up with you as well. Next weekend, the 11th of April, we have our pastor candidate, Ricky Hemi, and he's going to share both at the 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. services and allow us the chances to hear from his heart a little bit. And if you are interested in asking some questions ahead of time, what you can do is go to our website, svcclamore.org, and then at the very top, click on Candidate Questions. You can ask some questions. You can watch some sermons that he's done. It'll be a great time next week, y'all, so make sure that you're here. Now, if you're an SVCC member, you should have received a piece of information in the mail about the affirmation vote process, so make sure that you refer to that. And if you have any questions about that or your status as a member at SVCC, contact us at the office, and we'd be happy happy to help you through that. Also, speaking of next week, next week starts things off with our new service time. We have 9 and 10.45 instead of 10.30. So from April 11th on, our service times are going to be 9 and 10.45. And essentially what that does is it gives the opportunity for ministry to continue to, to take place even after services. It gives us more time to do that. Uh, allows for transition time to be more efficient and allows more time for that as well. And then it also just gives our volunteers the means to be able to have a little bit of a breather in between services too. And so just make sure that you adjust accordingly. 9 and 1045 services beginning next week, the 11th of April. And then also, you guys, we are just so blown away by your generosity. And we are going to show you a video here in a little bit about how your generosity and how the Lord has worked through that generosity to bless our local community with the canned food drive. But we also wanted just to remind you that we are continuing to give and we want to put the options to give here in front of you as well. Just know that as we give, we're continuing and we're engaging in the spiritual discipline of sacrificial giving to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to come alongside the efforts that he is making to minister both locally and globally and nationally. And so we thank you in advance for the kingdom work that you're doing. And we pray that as you give, that you will be blessed also. Now, before we get into the rest of the service, I told you I was going to show you a video about how God has used your generosity. And here it is, my friends. Have a happy Easter, and thank you so much for being here today. Bye now. Hi, I'm Nick Franco, director of Lamar Christian Aid. We've been around since 1985, 
And the reason we have been so successful is because of people like you. South Valley Church has been such a great friend to us. You have done so much this month of March that we have our shelves stocked full of food. You will feed a lot of people in need in this community. You should be proud of yourselves and we thank you very much. Christ is risen. It is resurrection day. Let's raise it up. Come on.
I want everybody singing it up to the Lord. Come on. I raise a hallelujah, yeah, in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah, louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah, my weapon is a melody. Sing it up back, come on. I said sing a little louder, let me hear you. Sing a little louder. Oh, come on. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. That's right, come on. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Amen. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Every voice say sing a little louder.
So we're here. We're going to do a little extra music this morning because we have reason to celebrate. Amen? And it's okay to worship however you want to worship. If you want to move around, if you want to raise your hands, if you want to sit and then stand or whatever, whatever's good for you to worship the Lord. But here's the thing. I'm challenging you to raise your voice for the Lord. There is a physical thing that happens when you raise your voice. It changes your heart. It changes your perspective. And we know that we've been talking about having a difficult year with the pandemic and all kinds of stuff. But here's the reality. It is time to put that past behind us and go, we're going to look to the future and look to the hope that is found in the resurrection. This next song is a, it's a newer song. You may not know it, but you should catch on to the chorus because it speaks to the gospel story of the fact that what might be in a grave or in a tomb is not always what it seems to be, that God can work miracles and do great things, and he can turn graves into gardens, and he can resurrect his son and save all eternity. Amen. I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures of faith never enough if you know it sing along that you came along and put me back together every desire is now satisfied here in your love amen there's nothing come on oh there's nothing Glory, you're the only one who can. 
Because you were forsaken, I'm accepted. I'm 
song that we're going to sing I want you just to take these words into your heart this song is deliberate this morning because it's a reminder of the story that was etched in time from the moment God created the universe it was not a surprise to God that he knew eventually he would send his son so as these words ring true it plants the foundation of what our faith is based on 
faith of what we're celebrating today, that Christ came into a manger, that Christ grew and taught among people. He was inhuman. That Christ was crucified on a cross, died, and came out of that tomb and defeated death. And the church was founded and will stand even against the gates of hell because God loved us so much that he sacrificed his very best. So as we celebrate this morning, let these words ring into your heart and wash over you. In the darkness we were waiting without hope, without light till from heaven you came running there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the
Amen, amen. Let the celebration begin throughout this day, throughout this week, throughout this year. God praise for who he is and what he has done. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you and we exalt you. We thank you for an opportunity this morning just to lift our voices up, to start a day with a song in our heart. Pray that as we come into your presence, Lord, we would prepare our hearts just to receive you, Lord, that you would dwell among us and we would hear your voice, Lord. Help us to have a heart of thankfulness for your provision through your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord. The ultimate sacrifice, Lord. Just to have the opportunity again to be reminded that we are not alone in this world, but you are a God who saves. You are a God who brings peace and restores things. Even when we can't see it, Lord, you work on our behalf. So this morning, I pray for every heart here, for every heart online, even if there's one who doesn't understand how precious they are, how much they are valued by you, how much you love them. Lord, I pray that you would speak to their hearts this morning and draw them to you. We would see lives change and impact. People would take a step of faith in wanting to be in commitment with you, Lord, that they would restore their relationship or maybe even begin a new relationship, calling Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life. So again, all honor and glory go to you, King of kings, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In your name we pray these things. Amen. Well, good morning, people. Easter 2021, a very happy Easter. Those of you in the building and those of you who are watching online, there is no reason today to be miserable. Despite the fact that it's me that's preaching, misery is not permitted because on this day, this Easter Sunday, this Resurrection Sunday, Scripture shouts these words, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most miserable. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. So this is an NMD, a no misery day. No matter if the team didn't sing your favorite Easter song, no matter that there's still no donuts on the campus, if you are acting miserably today, take it down the road to another church or take it to your mom's home and eat it for Easter lunch, okay? No misery. And I'm going to pull back a bit because I'm still spitting this morning, okay? We've got to keep that 20-foot rule there, okay? Ah, uh, the great preacher Charles Spurgeon said it best when he poetically said these words, and please think about them. Upon a life I did not live, upon a death I did not die, I risk my whole eternity. It is so. If Jesus Christ did not die for me and did not rise again for me, I am lost. And I have not a ray of comfort from any other direction. And I have no dependence on anything else but Jesus crucified and risen. If that sheet anchor fails, everything else fails with it. In my case, and I would think it must be also in yours. This is a no 
misery day. There's a great story told by one of my favorite writers. I don't think I've shared this story with you before, but you can't even remember what I spoke about the last time I spoke, so who really cares, okay? There's a woman, and she contacts her pastor. She had had a bad diagnosis from a doctor, and she'd been told she only had a few months left of life. And so she contacted her pastor because she wanted to make arrangements for her funeral service. He visited her, and she shared with him the songs that she wanted sung, what scriptures were to be read, and what words should be spoken. But before he left, she called out to him. She says, Pastor, one more thing, one more thing. And he asked, what is it? And she says, this is important. I don't want anyone being miserable, so I want to be buried with a fork in my right hand. And the pastor didn't know what to say. Like, no one's ever made that request before. So she explained, in all my years of going to church functions, whenever food was involved, my favorite part was when whoever was clearing away the dishes of the main course would lean over and say, you can keep your fork. And it was my favorite part because I knew that it meant something great was coming. It wasn't jello. It was something with substance, cake or pie, biblical food. So I just want people to see me there in the casket with a fork in my hand. And I want them to wonder, what's with a fork? And then I want you to tell them, something better is coming. Keep your fork. So, so, even before the COVID pandemic hit us and all of the aftermath, we've been experiencing a crisis of hope. Timothy Keller is an amazing scholar and pastor and writer, and he's today, this very day, fighting pancreatic cancer. And while he's fighting pancreatic cancer, he's also written and published a book called Hope in Times of Fear. It's a worthy read. And he talks about how for two centuries we have been animated by a powerful hope. And that hope was that history is progressive, that the human race is moving inevitably towards greater safety and greater prosperity and greater freedom. And he says, you know, this is a product of the Enlightenment, that science and knowledge would lead us to a better future. Anxiety was over. But as the third millennium dawns, we've woken up to the realization that actually we are now even more anxious. 9-11 shook our self-confidence. The Great Recession of 2007 has repercussions that some people have not yet recovered from. And then 2020, COVID-19. And it shocked us that so much could be taken away from us because of a virus emanating from another continent. Even closer to home, we have more money 
but not more joy. We have more ways to connect, but we live on very lonely islands. We have theories and gurus on every topic imaginable, but most people live lives of quiet desperation, to quote Thoreau. Keep your fork. Something better's coming. Hope. I see it around our society in both the old and the young. I see it around the wider globe, millions in countries who are overlooked and they have no options with no hope. And even I see it around people in churches. Uh, where's this eternal life that Jesus promised? Something breaks in our souls when we have nothing to hope in or hope for. The wise man said in Proverbs 13, hope deferred makes the heart sick. <laughs> I was reading an another book, and I found another story that I had shared many years ago, and, and I want to share this story as well. It's about Johnny the Bagger. Barbara Glantz is a consultant, and she's talking to 300 frontline supermarket workers. Do we have anybody in our building this morning who works in a grocery store or a supermarket? If you are here, I just want to say, you're a hero. In what you've gone through in the past many months with COVID, and you've stood there and served us as we've gone for our supplies, thank you, thank you for being there on the front line and keeping us fed and full as you serve every day in your supermarket. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, Barbara Glantz is talking to 300 supermarket workers, and she's talking about how they could make a difference in someone's life, in, in, and talking about the power of great works. And to give her talk, she, she covers the walls with posters of great words and famous sayings, and she gives her talk, and she leaves to go home. And it's about a month later, that she gets a call from a store supermarket worker. He's a 19-year-old bagger named Johnny. And one of the first things that Johnny the caller says to Barbara, told Barbara, was that he had Down syndrome. And he told her he, he liked what she talked about, but he didn't think that he could do anything special for our customers because I'm just a bagger. Uh, about a week later, he says he had an idea. Every night when he came home from work, he would try and think or find a thought for the day. And if he couldn't find one, he'd just make one up. And then with his dad to help him, he would write it out six times on a piece of paper. And then we would photocopy that one piece of paper 50 times. And then I would cut out all 300 copies of these great words, and then I would sign every one of them. And the next day, he said, I would take those stack of 300 and have it next to me, and for every customer, as I finished packing their groceries into bags, I would put the saying on the top of the last bag, and then I would stop, and I would look the customer right in the eyes, and I would say, I've put a great saying in your bag. I hope it helps you with the rest of your day. Have a good day. Thanks for coming. 
About a month later, Barbara gets a call from the supermarket supervisor. Barbara, Barbara, you won't believe what's happening here. I was doing my rounds, and when I got to the cashiers, the line of customers at Johnny's checkout was three times longer than anybody else's, backed right up to the frozen food section. So I got on the loudspeaker to get more cashiers to open up, and we couldn't get any of the customers to move. We want to be in Johnny's line. We'll wait. And one lady grabbed me by the arm and said, I used to shop in your store once a week. Now I come in every day because I want to get Johnny's thought for the day. I want to spend a little bit of time with Johnny every day. (laughs) You want to know who's the most important person in that store? He's not the top of the org chart. He doesn't make the most money. But the most important person in that store is a 19-year-old Down syndrome bagger called Johnny. Johnny has brought a little bit of hope into the supermarket, and it spread. When the floral department would have a broken rose stem, they would normally just throw it away. Now they walk up and down the store until they find an elderly woman or a little girl and they give them the flower. And one meat packer bought 50,000 Snoopy stickers and he sticks them on every meat package that he sells. Johnny has brought a little of the kingdom of God into a local save mart. The resurrection was indeed a miraculous display of God's power. But listen to the theology. It was not a suspension of the natural order. Rather, it was the beginning of the restoration of the natural order of the world as God intended it to be. And Johnny was making the future as God intended it to be break through into the present. And Johnny was a giver of hope. Hope deferred makes the soul sick. Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Here's the Easter text. One day, Jesus said these words in John's Gospel, chapter 12, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies. It remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Those who love their life will lose it, while those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Ian Pitt Watson was a Presbyterian a Scottish Presbyterian, the best kind. And he actually used to preach for Queen Elizabeth at her f- and, and, and her family at, Bal- at Balmoral, the, the Scottish summer residence of the Queen of England. And, it, and Ian said, there has been just two great revolutions in the history of humankind. Just two that have changed human life on this planet irreversibly and forever. (laughs) Please do forgive me, I'm not counting 1776. Us Brits are bad losers, okay? Well, Ian went on to say, 
that the first revolution began when somebody started a farm. Up until that time, human beings had been hunters and gatherers. They lived from day to day. They moved from place to place. They were nomads. There was no such thing as home. And then somebody in some setting noticed the strangest thing. If you dig a hole in the ground and you take a seed and you drop it in the hole and you cover it up with dirt and you walk away, normally that's what you would do with something that you want to get rid of. But if you do it with a seed, something happens. Something in the dirt calls to something in the seed. Hey, seed, wake up. Send me a little root. I have a surprise for you. And so the seed sends a little root, and it's the strangest thing. The root begins to get nourished, and then something up on the surface, something above the earth, says to the seed, hey, seed, send up a little shoot. And the seed does. And the seed had no idea it was capable of this, and it just keeps growing. And it turns out that there are gifts, air, and water, and sunshine, and soil, and they can nourish that little seed, and then in turn, the seed becomes something it was not. It becomes a plant or a tree, and it produces fruit. And now it isn't just getting life, it's actually giving life. But it could never have happened if the seed hadn't died first. One day, some human beings noticed this, and it was so long ago, we no longer know who this genius was, so let's call him Fred. Fred Flintstone. And he takes a seed, and he puts it in the ground. And to everybody else, to deliberately throw away something that was edible in a hungry world seemed pretty dumb. Wilma was not crazy about the idea but he does. And then a few days later, Fred comes back and there is a tiny little green shoot coming up through the dirt. This means something. It means human beings will no longer have to live from day to day. It means there will be villages and towns and crafts and arts and architecture and tools and civilization. And someday there will now be a place called home. And when Fred sees the shoot, he says what Fred Flintstone always says when he was filled with joy. And all human civilization, Ian Pitt Watt says, is built on this one observation, this one revolution. This is not a command. It's just the way things are. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains a solitary grain of wheat. But if it dies, it will be a rich harvest. And the second revolution, so they hung Jesus, the Son of God, on a Roman cross, falsely accused and betrayed, flogged, made to carry his own cross, suspended there to die. The disciples hid. 
I mean, they had loved it just a week earlier when they'd walked into Jerusalem and, and people were waving palm branches. And it was like this patriotic nationalistic surge. Yes, you know, they thought now's the time we're going to see the Roman army expelled and we will be again a great people, a great nation like we were under King David. But, 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 but then Jesus was arrested and he was sentenced and he was crucified and their faith was crippled, and their hope was shattered, and their future was gone. But do you know where they buried Jesus? At the place where Jesus was crucified, text is quite clear on this, there was a garden, and in the garden there was a new tomb, and they laid Jesus there, and that was their big mistake. They buried him in a garden. <laughs> they did not know what the most brilliant man who ever lived understood. If you want something to stay dead, you don't bury it in a garden. There in the dark, in the grave, in the tomb, in the ground, something happened. Something stirred. Someone called to Jesus, hey son, wake up. We have a little surprise for the world. <laughs> and on the third day, the stone was rolled away and the grave was empty and the angel came down and the women were astonished and the disciples were doubtful and Jesus appeared to them and Jesus said, I'm alive, I'm risen. <laughs> when, when we have no or little hope, our souls die a little. And that death can happen a little bit every day. Every poor decision that we make. Every hurt that we receive or we inflict. Every word that we wish we'd said or maybe wished we hadn't said. When we look at our finances and we see them in a mess and out of control, we die a little. When we see our sons or our daughters struggle or take paths that we think unwise, we die a little. Sometimes it's just the struggle of going forwards every day when taking one more step just feels too hard. Or maybe life is just tiring the monotonous, the dreary, the hopeless. And I've had all those emotions. And I've known all those experiences. And then on top of all that, I'm very well aware of my own sin, of my own broken humanity. I know my past. I know my failures. I know I've made choices sometimes that have not only been unwise, but very selfish. I know, I know. I don't need to come to church on Easter for a pastor to tell me of my sin. I know it. I live with my own disappointments, my own brokenness. I live restless. I, I search for peace sometimes just to quieten my mind and, and calm me down. And disappointment and knowledge of my part in so much in the past can cause storms to rise within me. But then I come to this day 
<laughs> oh God, do I need, do we need Easter? Because of this day, because of his yabba dabba do, because I have a Savior who died for my sins, who, who rose again for my justification, because I have a Jesus who, despite my failings and my shortfalls, does not forsake me, because I have a Father in heaven who knows my name, and he calls me that name with love and with purpose. Because I have a Savior who has changed my life and made me whole. Because Jesus, the risen Jesus, was dead and buried. But they buried him in a garden. <laughs> and from that garden, he arose. And in his death, he brings life to the many. Because of Easter, <laughs> because of Easter, I'm keeping my fork because something better is coming. And despite my sin and despite my failings, I can confidently say, my soul is well. My body <laughs> might not always work. My mind might sometimes torment me. My heart may sometimes veer towards selfishness, but my soul, my being, because of today, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God from the dead, because He lives, it is well. It is well with my soul. Is the time out? Is it well with your soul? Is it well with your soul? Is your soul well? Or does anger dominate? Does fear grip you? Do you have this dooming hopelessness? And what about your sin? What about that reality which distorts and defeats us so often? What about that sin that makes me do what I don't want to do and not do what I know I should do? Do, what about my sin that, that isn't only against my spouse or against my children, but is against my God? Do you know? Know. Do you know that your soul is well? And come what may in death, in life, things in the present or things yet to come, nothing can separate me from the love of God and His salvation. Do you know, Easter know, resurrection know, that your sin is forgiven, that your past is forgotten, that your failings have been canceled out? It is well with my soul. Two thousand and nineteen 
I started here as your executive pastor. And on that first Sunday, I sang a song and invited you to sing along with me. A song that I'd heard the week before at my church, the Presbyterian Church in San Luis Obispo. And the song was, he's got the whole world in his hands. And if you were here back then, we sang that together as a promise, as a certainty of the solidness of the grip of he's got the whole world in his hands. Well, this Easter, I want us to sing another song together. It's probably for me one of the most meaningful songs that I ever take on my lips. And every time I sing it, I cry. So I don't know how I'll get on. But it goes something like this here, and feel free to join in. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. And then we come to this verse. And this verse is a kicker verse. This verse is probably the dearest words that I can sing. It's my act of worship. My worship is a confession. And maybe this Sunday, maybe this Easter, you're wrestling with life, with choices, with decisions, with the past, with the sense of hopelessness. And you need to revisit the core of what faith in Christ is about. It's about receiving forgiveness for our sins. And we receive that forgiveness because of His sacrificial death on a cross. And then He rose from the dead to confirm that my sin is dealt with. I don't need to carry it. It's gone. My guilt is gone. My fear is gone. My past is clean. And all the joy, the no misery, that this fork that I'm holding has come now, some of it, and I'm eating and drinking at the table of God's grace and mercy. So maybe this Sunday, this is your confession for the first time, or maybe it's the umpteenth time. But you need to know that there's forgiveness, and with that forgiveness is hope. Hope for newness and life that are beyond words and will eventually lead us to a better future. 
So sing with me, if I can, and join with the team as we sing this other verse. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the
Day. Bless you all. Have a great week. And remember, keep hope alive in your heart. Resurrection, he is alive. Amen. Amen.